and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast world. My name is Brooke McCallery and I'm very, very, very happy that you've joined us. I am too. Welcome to episode 193. It's a hostful and we are pumped to be joining you on this hostful. I'm going to call it the hostful plus. Oh, what's the plus stand for? Extra good. (laughs) (laughs) This is how silly this episode's going to be because we are a little bit tired, uh, but really excited to be doing this. We are. We're we're a bit jet lagged. We've just flown back from the States uh, for a very brief trip. So the jet lag is flowing fast, but so is the passion for slow living. So <laughs> It really is. Now, before we get into it, is there any comments, clarifications or corrections we want to go through? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know what? I just want to say thank you to everyone who has bought copies of both of my books in the past couple of weeks. In a strange stroke of synchronicity, both Destination Simple and Slow came out this past week. That's got to be the – it's just so bizarre. It is. It's just, it's just a weird time. Does this ever happen? Quirk. Oh, probably. I don't think it's the first time ever in the history of the world it's happened, but it's the first time it's happened for me. Uh, so <laughs> Destination Simple obviously coming out in North America this past week and Slow hitting the uh, shelves in Australia and New Zealand this week. Slow will be hitting the shelves in the US next year sometime, which we will talk about a bit later. But more than anything, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who pre-ordered it or has picked a copy up at the bookshop, uh, who has Instagrammed it or Facebook messaged us with a photo of it or some comments. I mean, some of the the emails and messages I've received have literally brought me to tears. Uh, and I just wanted to say thank you. It means a lot. I'm, I am like just operating at a low key terror level at the moment, just yeah. feeling really vulnerable if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm. So to get really kind, um, heartfelt emails has, has really made a difference. So to everyone who has done that, I thank you from the bottom of my fast beating heart. <laughs> I really like we'll be working away and then Brooke says, to me and just read this Mm. and it's yeah it's one of those heartfelt comments and yeah it's just so nice and it gives you a bit of energy you know for for a couple of hours to keep going it does because energy is something that i'm i'm really having to manage at the moment yeah let's get into that very shortly So you're launching two books, essentially. Mm-hmm. What does that actually do to one's self? I mean, in, in the spirit of trying to live as simple and as meaningful as possible, mm-hmm. you've got three huge things happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. How do you manage it all? Um, so you said simple and meaningful. Like you, I try and live as simply I, I meant and mindfully. As, <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Meaningful is good because okay. just give me this. <laughs> <laughs> give you this segue. Okay. <laughs> they sometimes they can't be the same thing. Sometimes simplicity and meaningful or mindful actually, they don't look the same. And I'm in a period of time that is meaningful and intentional, but not necessarily slow and not necessarily simple. On if you're looking at it, if you're looking at it as a whole, but if you look at it 
on a more day-to-day level, I'm still finding pockets of time for slowness and simplicity in amidst what is a very busy time. Mm. And it's taken me a long time to be able to to say that and not feel like I'm being a hypocrite. Like I talk about slow living, I talk about simplifying and saying no and mm. all these things. And then I find myself in these occasions, these instances of busyness. Busyness isn't the problem. Busyness is the problem when it becomes the norm. And that's your status quo. That's where you're constantly operating at. That's not my status quo. And I think that's why I have to be so mindful about how I manage it. So for me, I'm. there are a few things that I know if I keep them up, I'll be okay. No matter how complex or stressful a day might be or how nervous I get, you know, with a speaking gig coming up or something like that, I will be okay providing I do a few things. And those things are sleep well, mm-hmm. eat as well as I can. Mm-hmm. And meditate. If I can do those three things, ideally all of them at the same time, but if I can constantly kind of be topping them up, I'm going to be fine. And that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm trying to get between eight and nine hours of sleep a night. And that's not even with jet lag. That's just, you know, par for the course. And I'm getting up early, which is something I haven't done a huge amount over winter so that I can meditate, get up, have my shower, do some yoga and meditate before anyone else is up. And that means I can hit the ground, not running even, but just hit the ground prepared. I've filled that bucket for myself for the day and it affects the way I move through the rest of the day. It affects the way I work and respond to urgent inquiries or things that are out of my comfort zone, of which there's a lot coming up. Watching you and seeing how much is on your plate at the moment, there's a lot happening with, just to name a few, you've launched two two books both you know in australia and new zealand and then internationally so you've got those sort of commitments about promotion and and all the rest of it Mm -hmm. you're also working on jackrabbit fm about continually to transition those shows out of the network Mm -hmm. these are huge things and i've got to say watching you do this you're you're managing it really really well and i guess it comes down to those three things that you're talking about, spoken about, but also using tilting mm-hmm. as as like a coping mechanism, if yep. you like. So, just for our, so our listeners understand, what are you tilting into at the moment? And similarly, what are you tilting away from? So I'm tilting into it's definitely a work heavy period, but I'm making sure that everything that I'm doing is meaningful. Like this is not the time to waste time. This is not the time to work on busyness things like busy work that's not now now is the time to to do big chunks of work and move past them i'm tilting away from social activities like we're not going out a lot we're not hanging out with friends a great deal at the moment and that's fine because that's just a period of time and similarly we're not doing maybe as many bushwalks as we would normally do that kind of stuff and that's the reality of it the reality is that it won't last for long maybe a couple of months But the other thing that goes hand in hand with the tilting idea of tipping really heavily into work away from other things is perspective. Probably three or four years ago, had I been dealing with any one of these things, I would have been overcome Mm. by the fact that it it felt like it would never end or the stress was going to be all-consuming. Whereas now, like someday still difficult and that's Mm. life, that's life for everyone. But I know that the, the bad feelings or the, 
the struggle or the, you know, those, those days, you know, those days, they're just days that just suck sometimes. They're, they're things to get through. They're not things to medicate against. They're not things to ignore. Negative feelings are important. And I know now, and this is something that meditation has taught me, feel those feelings, get comfortable with the discomfort of them, and you loosen, you soften into it, and it's it's a lot less difficult mm. that way. So it's just this softening, this like a bad day is still a bad day, but being comfortable with the fact that it's a bad day makes all the difference. At the beginning of the year we spoke about the theme of the year or mm. something that we wanted to focus on this year. Can you remember what that was for you? Saying no. So how do you marry that up to <laughs> now, as in this is the time where you're putting your, you're giving a lot of yourself. You're doing book launches. You're doing a lot of media, and it's constant. It's going to be constant for the next two months. How do you marry up? And it's and it's you're almost freaking me out. Yeah, and it's almost like it's needed, right? You, you know, this is you know you're selling a book. You need to be yeah. out there promoting it as much as possible it's for it to be job. successful. Part of the job. How do you marry that up with your your no? Mm. Imperfectly. But you know what, I have said no to a lot of things in order to be able to spend my time focusing on this. I mean, the decision to close down the network, the Jackrabbit FM podcast network and shift everyone over to individual shows, independent shows, that was a version of saying no. That was saying this is, I'm no longer able to give this everything that I think it deserves, what's going to serve all these people in the best way possible. And that's, that's the answer. We can, we've covered this before in other, other episodes. But that was one way of saying no. I mean, I've said no to a few speaking engagements and stuff in the last couple of weeks even. And every time I say no, it feels better. I feel lighter. And that's when I know that it's, it's the right choice. And it's not to say that if I chose to say yes to some things, it's the wrong choice. But it's, again, this idea of just softening into it, saying to myself, I can't actually do it all be it all, I don't want to, but then allowing that to direct my my choices and my actions, really, that's really the game-changing thing. Not to just understand it rationally, but then to actually do something with that idea of no. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly full of self-doubt. I'm constantly wondering whether or not I'm peddling <laughs> half-truths. I know I'm not, but it's just... You ask hard-hitting questions, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Don't be sorry. It's okay. All right, let's move on. Please. It's been (laughs) two months since we have spoken about our plans for next year and our nomadic lifestyle that we're going to live next Mm -hmm. year. So tell me, what, what have we done in relation to that in the, in the planning, in the preparation for that to happen? Yeah, so when we first mentioned, yeah, so quite a lot has happened actually. So we've booked tickets. I don't know if we've mentioned that on the podcast before. And I've mentioned it to people, but I can't remember if it was on an, on an episode or not. Uh, so we booked tickets to Canada for early next year. And we've also started, I'm in this constant state of having to manage my tendency to want to know what it's all going to look like. Over plan? Yeah. Not overplan. No, no, over plan. Just plan. Over prepare, mm. I will say. With my absolute rock solid belief that we will have a more 
broad adventurous time if we leave a lot of white space mm. a lot of unknowns mm. for now mm. so we have uh knowing that we love mountains and that we love skiing and and stuff we have pretty much decided that we're going to spend the first few months of our trip living in you know mountain towns and we booked a couple of places we're going to obviously do things fairly slow i like the idea of putting some roots down in a place for a month or two and kind of living locally, not not holidaying, because this certainly isn't going to be a holiday. We're going to be working. The kids will be at school. I will say this. The first month will be a holiday. We will need a holiday. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I think we're treating that as something quite different. Yeah. As I mentioned before, the second book, Slow, comes out in North America in spring of next year. So we think that there will be some kind of book tour situation but again this is this is where my tendency is to mm. want to lock it all in now mm. but the reality is that we just don't know so I'm, I'm having to manage my own desires to plan ahead and i look i think a lot of that stuff around spring around the the launch of slow in north america will will happen later down the track once yeah you know the publisher well there's a lot we don't some know. ideas yeah, about exactly. what that looks like so okay so We've so done, that's in terms of the yeah, trip. So the actual trip. That's. Mm-hmm. But what about things that we've got to do here oh in Australia God. for that to happen? I'm, I am, quietly freaking out about all the things that need to happen yeah. here. So we've been putting off this task for the last oh, two months, probably. We know what we need to do is sit down with a huge piece of like blank paper. And just brain dump. We need. We don't need a paper. We need a wall. We need a wall. We need an entire wall. And just brain dump every tiny and massive task that needs to happen between now and when we leave, in order for it to be, you know, all done properly. Things as big as renting the house. Yep. Those arrangements. So, and you think about like, that, like that's a massive thing that contains a hundred, two hundred different tasks. Exactly. And then things like you know schools for the kids <laughs> and what happens there. Yeah, all the way down to updating passports for the kids mm-hmm. and, you know like it, it's that detailed yeah so we 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 continue to put that off actually so why are we putting that off well because i think what we were talking about before we're tilting like mm. we can't well we could but we we aren't going to inflict like additional levels of stress on ourselves in a in a time that could already be quite stressful mm. so we will do it and we will do it soon but i think that We've been putting it off out of compassion for ourselves, to be honest. We know that we'll get there. We always do. It'll be fine. Mm. I don't know. Why do you think we're putting it off? Because we're scared? No, because I I think we're putting it off because it just seems like so much at the moment. So, but this is the way we structure our everything. You know, we've spoken about our Monday morning whip work in progress meetings Mm. before where we basically do the same thing. We just make a running list you know, chunked up into different categories of everything that needs to happen that week. Then we go back through the list and we assign it a day, and we assign it a person and we, you know, put it in our daily to-do lists. This is essentially a whip for the trip. And we've got a couple of big projects that we're working on that will be coming out later in the year. We're doing the same thing for that as well. It's the way we prefer to work. You know, you have a huge, big kind of 50,000-foot view image of what you're working towards and then you get really granular and figure out everything that needs to happen in order to get to that. But then the important thing for us is to break it down into, okay, this week we're going to do five things. That's right. 
today I'm going to do one thing. Yeah. Next week I'm going to do five things, Monday to Friday, one thing each, you know, and I think that's pretty much our philosophy for anything with changes mm. in the way we live. One small step a day rather mm. than waiting until December, freaking out, trying to do everything. Mm. Now, I will say we're recording this episode a little bit before time. So we may, well, I'm saying we probably have done that massive to-do list. I think we should do it immediately after the recording. Maybe we should do it live. <laughs> that would be fascinating. Yeah, it'd be fascinating for, for everyone us. to hear us argue. <laughs> Maybe our, our our monthly live call for for September should be a a huge list. A live a live like brainstorming session. Yeah, exactly. That would be interesting for literally two people in the Maybe world. Maybe we can get people to help us do it. Yeah, or yeah, we could, but maybe other people are much more um, thorough than us, and they would come up with things that we hadn't even thought about, and our <laughs> list would be ten times longer. We, but we could absolutely crowdsource our to-do list if you want. So, other than the list, mm. what are some of the other biggest challenges that you've got on your plate for the rest of the year? Hmm, that's a really good question. Let me frame it like this. No, then. no. Well, I'm going to ask you first. Okay. What your your what are you worried about between now and the end of the year? North Korea and America. Oh yeah, that'll that'll do it. That's some perspective for you. Because I've I've looked at it and it's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. With um, North Korea firing missiles over Japan, and we're going to be pretty close, you know, to to that side of the world where mm-hmm. things could could happen. So. Yeah, there, there's, that's always in the back of my mind at the moment, to be perfectly uh, okay, know, honest so with you. How's this for a bit of a segue then? Like things are things are not great globally at the moment. Mm. I think that a lot of people are feeling incredibly anxious and incredibly sad. I mean, we had some really interesting conversations in the States when we were in LA for a few days about how things have changed, mm. not just there, but, you know, globally and people – are increasingly aware, I think, of what's going on. And I think people are becoming increasingly aware, aware of some of the horrible things that are happening uh, around the world. How do you process that without becoming completely overwhelmed by it? Everyone wears blinkers, right, with those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said, it's in the back of my mind. Above all else, you know, I want to try and guarantee the safety of my family wherever we go. And I know that that would trouble a lot of our family here as well about us being over there and away from from family. You think so? I think, yeah, I think definitely. Mm-hmm. You don't think that they would feel like that regardless of what the political situation is in the world? Yeah, I guess I guess so. Mm-hmm. I guess that, that that's that's right. I just hope that for humanity's sake that it doesn't get to that you know there, there's always hope about surely it couldn't come to this so yeah, that, there's hope and then there's blind optimism they're two different things sure yeah i think yeah it is a really interesting question i think because i often find myself thinking quite deeply on this because what i talk about so often feels so personal and small you know making changes to how we each individually live our personal lives and and spend our days. But what I'm starting to see is that there is a much greater purpose to slowing down and simplifying than just making our own lives more comfortable or more meaningful. And I I think it's a byproduct of having the space and the time and the headspace Mm. 
to think more critically about the world and to be more aware of what is going on. And yes, that is uncomfortable. And I feel like I'm in the process of, of becoming more aware of, you know, the world and, and a lot of the social constructs that are a part of our world. And that is really uncomfortable. Like it's, it's really difficult. And God, how lucky am I that I got to this point yeah. before I realized that, that that's the case, you yeah. know? And I, I really think that this idea of slowing down is not self-serving, providing we use our greater awareness or our time or our, you know, whatever whatever the, the positive byproducts of it are to stand up for something and make a difference and to do good, like to look after, you know, self-care is important, absolutely, but it's it can quite easily tip into becoming self-absorbed unless we take that goodness that we're giving ourselves and use it to push goodness out into the world, to do good, to be good, to show kindness, to show love. And I know it's kind of airy-fairy BS that a lot of people will roll their eyes at, but I truly believe it because I think that's the way things can change. That's where hope is. It's all well and good to say, surely it won't get to that point. But we also need to do things. We may not be able to change the global political situation. We probably can't. But we can do things ourselves for people around us. And that creates a ripple. Mm. And that ripple can create another ripple and another ripple and another ripple. And, and before you know it, there's more people doing good and being good and showing kindness than not. I don't know. Maybe I'm really naive, but I, I honestly think that that's where the meaningfulness of this way of living lies. That's where its purpose is. That's where the difference is. This is where the difference makers are, is at, at that grassroots level, is making those small changes that then balloons into something big. When you create that scale, when you create a community of like-minded people, like those people that listen to the Slow Home podcast. Mm. I do. I really struggle with this stuff. I do. I mean, I write about it a lot and I, I've always been able to write with more clarity than I've been able to speak, but that is not where I expected that question to go, by the way. No, neither. <laughs> this is this is a classic hostful by the seat of our pants yeah. sort of thing, but it's interesting to hear what what's on our minds. Isn't it wonderful that you, you only speak like this on a podcast? Yeah, someone said to me recently, I wish I could have conversations like that, you know. Um, she was talking about Kelly and I on Let It Be. Mm. Uh, you know, I wish I could find friends who I could sit down and have those really deep, meaningful conversations with. And uh, it was Kelly, actually. She's like, Brooke and I don't talk like that when no. we just hang out in person. Like, yeah. You have to sit down with a reason or an agenda to, mm. to kind of have those deep conversations. And it's true. It's good. You got to set it up. Maybe next time you you see a friend or have a conversation with a friend, just send them a quick message saying, "This is what's on the agenda for our conversation." You got right, to today answer. we're going what's to cover. What's your biggest issue in your life right now? What's your biggest challenge? If you could change what? anything in your life, what yeah, would it be? Exactly. <laughs> that's a I, good idea, isn't yeah. it? You know what? I think the world would be a far deeper and richer place if we did sit down and have conversations like there's that. So, there's definitely something in it because I've mentioned a lot that I'm part of a mentoring group mm -hmm. and as part of that, it's group mentoring. So, so it's teenage boys. Teenage boys, yeah. 12 men of different ages or, you know, 18 through to 72 and then 12 teenage boys. 
And every week we do a circle. So we sit around and there's a topic. So there's always a topic on, it could be anything from um, how you get along with your parents. Now, how do you feel about your self-worth, sexuality, you know, a- anything really. Like it's open sort of to But any, they're set any, ahead of time. They're definitely set ahead of, ahead of time. But the... The amazing conversations that come through mm. because of that, because a, you get that topic beforehand, so it you sort of know and you start to construct what you're going to talk about. But there's some serious power in that because mm. most people won't just choose to sit down and uh, over a coffee and have those deep conversations. Really, in my experience, it's pretty unusual for for people to feel comfortable enough to do that. Yeah, I do think that there's absolute, and that's why I think um, there's power in mentoring or masterminds or you know those similar kind of group situations where you are led led by. It. I wonder what you would, what our friends would do if we're like, yeah, come around, have a, you know, we'll have a barbecue and talk about world peace or <laughs> totally. Talk, let's talk about regret, yeah, or comfort or discomfort. We should have more conversations like that. Well, we should. Mm. Mm. I just want to go back to the book really quickly because mm-hmm. over the last couple of days the book's been released in Australia. This is the slow book and it's gone out to a lot of personalities. So the, the publisher sends out copies to influencers. Yes, I think you'll find they're called influencers. Personalities who, you know, are in media or whatever and then they then talk about it. And it's gone to one personality that did an Instagram story and basically opened up to the contents page, circled things like decluttering and de-owning and then wrote nope on it, Mm. like nope, you know, this is, and then said something like this is like my worst nightmare of a book. Mm -hmm. How does that make you feel? Eh, whatever. (laughs) Really, it's not going to be for everyone. If I tried to write a book that appealed to everyone, I'd write a terrible book. Mm. I probably wouldn't have written a book. Mm. Not everyone, uh, not everyone gets it. First of all, but also not everyone is going to want to get it, and that's okay. If we're all the same, it'd be pretty boring. Look, I think that pretty much everyone in the world could benefit from slowing down and simplifying. I do. That's why I've been doing this for six or seven years. That's why I continue to talk about it. That's why I'm I am so passionate about it. Mm. But it's not. I'm not a guru. It's not my job to to convert people. But what the, what would be the conversation you would have with people that are, are like that, are saying, look, I could never declutter. De-owning is, is totally against what I'm about. How do you actually have conversations with that? And I'm sure our listeners have conversations mm-hmm. with people all the time about that. And to a certain extent we do as well, but I think people are a little bit more uh, wary of having conversations with us about that. Yeah, so if, if someone comes to me or talks to me and it's like I, I don't, like I don't agree or I think that that's stupid or I'm so sick of hearing about decluttering, yeah. uh, which has happened on occasion very rarely. What do you uh, say to those people? Like, okay, you don't have to. That's like that's a very small part of what this is about. You can absolutely make other changes to your life, your day, that don't involve stuff at all. It's just a part of it. It's not the biggest part either. You know, and I was actually kind of, hesitant to include that in the book because I think people have the wrong idea about this idea of slow living. Mm. 
that I didn't want it to get kind of mixed up with the decluttering movement, which is important. And that's where I started. And that's ended up, that's why I ended up putting it in the book because mm. it is part of the way I, you know, discovered this, sure. this way of living. But, um, I think that you really put people off if you are combative in any way with, with these changes, because usually people's hesitancy comes from, and to say insecurity is really condescending and I don't mean it to be from like a, their own, their own issues Mm. that I have, I'm not privy to none of my business. And if they really rail against the idea of it, that's okay. Talk about something else. Mm. Think about another way that you could come at the idea of slowing down. Or is it about going back to individual people's why? Mm. About what what would make you happier or mm. what would make you have more time in your day and right, almost reverse engineer it? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that answer was very diplomatic. <laughs> actually, and that's fine and it's important to not be a jerk. But at my boldest, I'd push back a little bit. Mm. What would you say? Why? Why are, you, why, do you, why are you completely shut down to that idea? Like what is it about your things, your belongings, that you're so passionate about? And there may well be a very valid answer. Yeah. Honestly. So then- what does owning 15 handbags mean to you Mm. why do you put and people could say because that is society's way of saying that i'm successful Mm -hmm. and then maybe i would say why does that matter Mm. who cares Mm. and their answer might be i I do." do okay so what you're saying is that that's a priority what you're saying is your stuff is a priority and you're you're living like your stuff is a priority and that's great Mm. It's not my priority, but you, you don't care and, and I don't care. That's fine. I think that it's a matter of encouraging people to think deeply on these things and it is an uncomfortable thing to think about and no one likes to feel judged at all and that would never be my intention. But if you push back too hard, people will feel judged and they'll lash out. Mm. This is, I have to say, the most uncomfortable, hostful we have ever done. Mm. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing. This is a bit of an experiment, to be honest. It is. It is. Thank you for staying with us, and we will be back with regular. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know what? I feel a bit like I feel I've got like a lot of emotional whitewash in me at the moment. Mm. Like I feel like everything's all a bit shook up. Mm. This is a really important podcast for us to do because it's basically a check-in because we have been way too busy recently and and are going to be, and we thought it was important to document where we are right now and how we're feeling. Are you encouraged? Are you... Do you feel positive about the next couple of months? Are you excited? I'm really excited. I'm really excited that I get to meet people. Like I'm doing quite a few events and stuff like that. I'm excited Mm. that people care enough to be excited about the book. Mm. I'm excited kind of going back to what we were talking about before, I'm excited that the ideas of slow are starting to be things that people are talking about. And if that means I have to do 50 media interviews, then that's okay. I find that stuff tiring, don't get me wrong, but 
I'm also very excited that maybe the idea that we don't have to keep up with the Joneses, we don't have to constantly say yes or constantly fill our calendars or be always striving for more or bigger or shinier Mm. or busier, I'm excited that that is something that people are starting to consider. I really, really am. And that's got nothing to do with me. I'm just excited that people are starting to go, is this really how I want to spend my days? Is this really how I want to be remembered? Is this really the legacy that I want to leave behind? Not to dip too far back into, you know, the happy clappy woo, but I really think that if these ideas become more mainstream and more accessible to people, we might start seeing a very positive benefit flowing on through society. Mm. People who are paying attention a little bit more, people who are putting their phones down a little bit more often, people who are spending a little bit more time outside sitting in the sun looking at the clouds, people who are spending more time looking at their kids' faces when they're talking to them, people who are having deeper conversations and feeling uncomfortable and being okay about it, that makes me really excited to think because I honest to God believe that on the other side of that discomfort is where meaning and purpose and growth and growth, yes, lies. So yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I have to take my own tendencies out of it because I am I am an introvert and I do find lots of like people heavy things quite exhausting. Well well worthwhile, but exhausting. Mm. I need to take that out of it because in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't matter. Because what I really want is for people to start to think a bit more expansively and to slow down in order to give themselves the opportunity to do that. So, yes, I am excited, but I'm also nervous and quite daunted. So in our Monday episodes, you always give people something to take away. So, you know, you, you, you say work on this this week or think about this. So is the sort of message for this podcast have these uncomfortable conversations yeah 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 Yeah. nominate someone in your life who you trust or you've had you've found yourself having some like a wine soaked deep and meaningful before or an earnest coffee conversation they might might not be like your that's not your status quo but maybe you've been there before with them Mm. or you know that you could get there with them and ask them if they wanted to come over and have a coffee or a tea or sit in the sun for an hour and Talk about a specific thing. Ask them, what would you change? If you could change one thing in your life, what would it be? Mm. Or do you have a regret? Or have you written your eulogy? Mm. <laughs> you know, big, mm. big-ass questions. For me, I love saying what's, what's your greatest challenge at the moment mm. because my why is about helping people. So I love working through those, you know, those big issues with, with people. So that's maybe another topic to explore Mm. i'm really happy that we can have this conversation together so am i and that we can share it with our listeners that part makes me feel weird but okay (laughs) because we trust we We do trust our our mob we absolutely do such a bloody brilliant group of people seriously we get yeah so much love and kindness and uh, it's awesome Hmm. So hopefully this has been helpful for one or two of you. For the one or two of you who are still listening. We thank you for joining us. We are back on our regular schedule. <laughs> Maybe with some more practical takeaways. Practical. Oh, no, look, to be fair, I think we did have some practical takeaways. Okay. 
really do. We got there in the end, I think. Yeah, I had to work up to that passionate. Some of moment. our best work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for listening and um, have a tops week. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.